and welcome back to another episode of De Stefano Talks, Talking Scottish Football. And this is a bit of a milestone because it is episode 10. We are officially into double uh, digits. Uh, as always, on the podcast with me today is Lewis Laird. Lewis, how are you doing? Thanks, Stefan. Pleasure as always. Good stuff. Also back with us, he was with us last Wednesday. It's a regular contributor, Ryan McGinley. Ryan, how are you doing? Not too bad, mate. How's yourself? I not too bad. Looking out the window, the sun's looking quite good. Nearly blinding me, but it's looking good. Um, also on the podcast, we have the host of A Different View, Stephen Reeside. Stephen, how you doing? I'm all right, mate. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you're welcome. Good to get you on. And we also have the host of the Celtic, the Thunder, and one half of the host of Talk Scottish Football. It's Ryan One One Eight. Ryan, how you doing? Thanks, mate. Um, I'm doing all right. I, I suppose we're here in, in better circumstances, considering uh, it's a, a new beginning at Celtic. But I know it's, it's it's great to be on. Uh, and thanks for having me, Stefano. That's good to get you on, mate. And definitely in better circumstances, if it's um, from a Celtic point of view. Um, we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but let's just start off with the first game of the weekend that we should um, look at. And it is Kilmarnock versus Dundee United. Um, what did you think of the game? Um, we'll start with you, Lewis. Yeah, no, it was sort of Kilmarnock coming in. Obviously, in poor form, maybe Dundee United a wee bit of an upturn, but they've also not been sort of the best, maybe, I'll say this season, last few months and stuff. So it's definitely a game. I'd say if you said before it was going to be 1 1, I think that's probably one of the scorelines you'd say, yeah, no, I can definitely say that's a stick on. But one thing that Kamara will be happy of is just getting that goal. He's been waiting so long for a goal and obviously disappointed not to get the three points, but I suppose it's the start getting that first goal under Tommy Wright. Yeah, the first goal under Tommy Wright, I think they went 570 minutes without a goal, so a long time. Um, Ryan McGinley, well, I need to do this now, right? <laughs> um, what, what did you think of the game? Um, I thought it was quite an even game watching it back. Um, the, the the first goal from Dundee United that was quite lucky from is it Sporro you pronounce it uh, Sporla yeah. flexion so it was quite a lucky goal but um, Kilmarnock will be feeling quite aggrieved that they didn't win that game because they had tons of chances um, their goal was a, a good goal from Zach Medley and then I thought they had a goal ruled out which should have stood in all honesty from Lafferty I know Kurt Broadfoot had a challenge on the the keeper but I thought it was a fair goal I thought both men were going for the ball and Kurt Broadfoot got the ball. So I think they'll they'll be happy that um that they didn't they didn't lose the game come on because they've been they've been sort of look, used to doing that these days, but they'll have thought that they could have got a win from that. Uh Stephen, yourself? Uh, well as a motherwell fan I'm gonna say it was an absolute shocking attempt to play the ball for Kurt Broadfoot. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm glad to see Kelly dropping points. I think it was I think it was a bit unfair to be honest. I think the goal probably should have stood. I think Ryan's right, but no, I'm glad that um, they dropped points, and I'm, I'm also glad that we didn't get Tommy Wright as manager. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ryan one one eight yourself. What did you? Think? I um I, I call a lot of what uh, McGinley said there. You know, <laughs> it was it was a game in which. I feel like Kilmarnock will probably be quite disappointed they didn't get the win there was a penalty shout you know the goal that Ryan spoke about and everything else Tommy Wright being at home would have thought to himself it's a decent game to go and go and perhaps pick up his first win um, but, but it's the same you know before the game I was listening to both my just speak I was listening to um, both uh, Mickey Mellon and Tommy Wright and he was talking about how it's going to be a character off and it's going to be firing and all the rest of it I feel like 
if I was at this point, I just wanted to throw in. I feel like from Dundee United's point of view and Mickey Mellon's point of view, I'd, I'd be quite disappointed. They've got a win, and it's kind of summed up their season. Um, you know, a team who's been on the the, the kind of cuff, cuff of top of top six, um, the entire time. It's the sort of game they should be going out and trying to win and try and get themselves a definite finish in that top half. And to walk away with a point, I think it's in my eyes, it's it's quite disappointing. But look, it was a it's an entertaining enough game in the game itself. Kamal could feel hard done by, but um, I think. Both managers would have wanted the three points, sir. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Um, on Tommy Wright, obviously he, he joined Kilmarnock last month um, as our manager, <clears throat> or earlier this month. I don't know because it's the first of March, so it was last month or the month before. Um, but he joined. Did, has he had the impact that you thought he would, um, Ryan? One one eight. Um, I, it's, it's just, I hate that, and it's, it's terrible when you've got two people with the same name on the show. <laughs> Happens all the time on Earls. Um, no, look, I, 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 I knew for a start it wasn't going to be an instant fix at Kilmarnock. It was, it was an appointment which I rated, and I thought he would do well there. But it was definitely going to take time, and you can see it in the Kilmarnock team that they were going to need time to fix up and 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 get back to a standard that's you know winning games week in week out and all the rest of it. Um. For me, Tommy Wright is somebody who's completely different to what Kilmarnock have been working under with Alex Dyer. There's going to be a bit of a change. We know what Tommy Wright's like. Um, and it's just got to be one of those things. That I think it'll keep them up this season, I, I would I, I would imagine, even though they've, they've probably not shown that they're capable of that so far, but I, I imagine they will stay up. And then you start to see the changes for the summer when he brings in his own personnel and they get a summer to work together. I think you'll see it next season, um, how good Tommy Wright is. If not, then I'll be proven wrong once more. But um, instantly, it, it's one of those ones that an instant fix was. I don't think ever on the cards. Um, it, it's just going to, one of these ones that will take time. Uh, McGinley, what about yourself? Yeah, um, I think the fact that he stopped the rots are a, a big thing. The fact that um, they've got some points on the board because that was they'd lost their last eight games. I heard that was a hmm. shocking form from both Dyer and Wright. But uh, it won't be a, it won't be an instant fix. Um, it takes time for him to implement his ideas. And with St. Johnson, he was given a good amount of time to go in and and implement his own ideas and his own thoughts and beliefs. Um, so it will take time, but I'm sure he will keep them up and I'm sure that he'll be a success at Kilmarnock because it's, it's it's a bigger club than St. Johnson, you've got to say. He'll, he'll give it time and he'll, I think he'll be a success. Uh, Lewis? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with what both friends have said, you know, when he came in, you expect you always expect a so-called new manager bounce, when especially when somebody like Tommy Wright comes in. But I don't think he's a magician; he kind of just fix it magically straight away. And these aren't problems that have just had in the last few games. They've been having these problems at a scoring all season, so it's not something that can be fixed straight away. And I think, given time, you will be able to implement. I mean, obviously, he needs it quick in terms of the positioning because they are struggling down the bottom. But I would have faith that he'll keep them up. Uh, Stephen, finally to you. I disagree with the boys. I don't think you will keep them up. I think if you look at Tommy Wright, they've touched on it. He's a kind of manager that needs to build his own team. Um, and he's not obviously had the time to do that with how well he's been brought in. And now I think he'll struggle to, to turn this around, um, to be honest with you. He's spoken in his interviews about them playing well and deserving to win games. See if you're playing well and no winning games that's a sign of a team that's, that's bound for the drop what happens when they play poorly 
Aye, no, that that's a that's a fair point. It's very valid points from the the optimistic Motherwell fan there. <laughs> 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 I've got, Neil, I've got to be optimistic. Exactly. I I do agree with Stephen to an extent there of what he's saying. It's just I don't know about me. I don't about the rest of you, but I just get the pure uh, Sam Allardyce feeling. I told me that he's just got to do it somehow, despite the fact that the team is utterly atrocious at the minute. Just somehow Aye. there. No, especially I think especially when it comes to sort of the split when he's facing all the bottom six sides, maybe he'll have well, we'll see what happens in the next few weeks. But mm-hmm. he could sort of build something by then he's facing all these sides in around him that he could possibly take points off. Right. What I, what I will say though, Stefan, is if he does keep them up, he will build a strong side for next season. Because because you'll get players that suit his style of play. And then and then there'll be a tough team to beat, I think. Yeah, because you always recognise Kilmarnocker, I suppose he did under Steve Clark as a as a team that, that were hard to beat. So I suppose that that's what he'll ultimately be looking for. Um, you know, if he's given the, the funds to it in the summer. Um let's move on. There was a yellow card in some um in the game at the weekend, and I seen some pe- some people um comparing it on Twitter to the foul that Bobby Madden had judged to be a red card at Ibrooks in the old firm game in Darb uh, the old Firm Derby in January. Um, what did you guys think to that? Was it a similar foul? Um, and was it a yellow card? Or are, are people just trying to to make up their own agendas here? Um, start with you, Lewis. Well, I think it is a similar foul in terms of he pulls him down. So it is sort of similar, but I, for me, it's not a red card in terms of Kabamba's. I think he's run away from goal. And also, there's another defender coming on the side, which. You, there was many arguments about the Celtic one that Chris Fryer was coming back. I thought he was never getting there, and we also sat in on goal. But I think with this one, it's a wee bit different in terms of he is running away from it, and there's sort of looks as though there's a defender there to cover. Um, Ryan, one minute. I kind of agree with Lewis sir. Um, I, I think that he's pretty much hit the nail on the head. But it's one of those ones as well that now I, I just I've become so used to on Twitter and social media seeing the comparisons drawn between every single tackle that's ever made screenshots um, uh, screenshots <laughs> um, at this point I'm just kind of numb to everything <laughs> but I, I think I think Lewis is pretty much at the name of the head right there um, Ryan McGinley yeah Lewis has said everything that I've wanted to say really it is a very similar foul in terms of the way it's made but Edwards is coming back. He he's behind. Mm-hmm. He he's going to get the ball off the defender or the attacker probably. So I think it's different in that way than Beaton's against Rangers. I think it is a yellow card, yes, but I, I don't. I wouldn't say it's a sending off. Uh, Stephen, I'm so glad that the Celtic fans and he'd have said that it wasn't, so that I wasn't <laughs> the only one coming out and saying that. So it's not a sending off. Nah, it's not a sending off. He's going away for goal. If you look at the one in the open double in Medellos, he's getting in and go and he's having a shot and Ayers not not getting in in time. So um yep, yellow card, correct decision. So we're we're kind of saying it was the right decision to book him and people are just trying to make up their own agenda, yeah. That's that's the consensus here. Essentially, I can't wait for a green referee. <laughs> I know uh, what's <laughs> happening in the world. <laughs> okay, um, final point on this match then. Um, should Kelly have had a second? I know we touched on it um a couple of minutes ago um with Broadfoot ta- uh, making a challenge on the keeper and Lafferty bundling the ball into the net. Should the goal have stood then? Like d- definitely, um, Stephen. Uh, if I take my mother with tinted specs off, yes, it should have stood. Okay, um, Lewis. Yes, I think they have one every week. It's the angles that annoy me in sports scene. Like 
there's not enough to sort of show if there has been sort of enough contact or he's got the ball, you know, they just zoom in on it and think, oh yeah, that'll, that'll be a good enough angle, but I think goalkeepers are probably a bit overprotected, so that's why a free kick's been given, because if you see a goalkeeper go for the ball and then start rolling around once once it's been sort of played, they'll, they'll get the free kick nine times out of ten, you know, so, but I think looking at it, I would say I think it deserved to be a goal, but with these, how many times do you see goalkeepers protected like that? Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's a, a fair point. Um, Ryan McGinley? Yeah, it, it should it should have been a goal. Um, I think down south, if VAR goes to that, if it goes to VAR, that's a goal. Um, so it's really just, it's unfortunate that we don't have that in that instance, but it should have been a goal. I think come on, it can feel pretty hard done by that we didn't get the three points. Uh, and finally, the other Ryan. I feel I feel rotten, Stefan, because uh, Ryan's just stole my point completely there. What I was going to say, so <laughs> but, uh, I say what means. Uh, exactly that's it. You know, we'll, we'll work together that long. Um, no, I the, the boys are all right, and what they're saying, I think, um, it's one of those ones that if VR was there, as Ryan's already mentioned, I think would be overturned. Uh, poor decision. Uh, I suppose Tommy Wright will be annoyed, but it, it's understandable the kind of the confusion at the time, I suppose. Okay. This is more. This is more like you know, agreeing with the referee and back to disagreeing. Aye, aye, that's it. That's it. More like it. Um, just quickly before we move on, Stefan, I yeah. think in sports scene they touched on the argument being whether the goalkeeper had both hands on the ball. Now for the replays, it was too difficult to tell. So I think that the benefit of the doubt should always go to the attacker, and that and that scenario. See, the mm-hmm. thing is, is we, myself and Lewis come on here with, uh, you know, other guests and we're talking about sports and controversial um, events that have happened in the games and you're, you're trying to get like a, sort of give like a full, um, like trying to make a decision on it based off the horrific angles that they give you. Um, so I, 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 I see what you're saying. I, th- I think I, it, it's hard. Again, I'll say this every week. It's hard to make a, a full decision or, a, you know, a full, um, you know, a full call on the, the basis of terrible angles. It just, it, it doesn't work. Um, I just want to quickly touch on a subject. I didn't put this in the running order, so I'm going to hit ease with this, um, but I'm, I'm expecting, I, I have an expected answer. So um, should r- Scottish referees, if we can't have VAR, should they then be mic'd up so that we can hear the decisions that, that they make? There was a similar um, thing took place in the Australian A-League um, where supporters could hear the referee and hear his thinking behind the decisions. Is that something that should be implemented to Scottish football, um, Ryan McGinley? Um, I mean, I would welcome it, but just due to the climate that we find ourselves in, they would need to bring a bleeper with them. <laughs> the, the players will just swear that the referee, that's all they do anyway. Um, I, I think it's a nice idea in theory, but I don't think it would ever materialise, unfortunately. Okay. Um, Lewis? Yeah, as Ryan said, it's something I'd love to see. You know, it's brilliant seeing that sort of thing when you... But a video pops up or something, you see referees with the mics and that, but I don't think it'll happen here, especially. One thing I would say, I think down south, it was suggested as well by Lewis Dunk at the weekend, referees coming out and doing sort of post-match interviews and giving us that explanation why they've given decisions, you know. I think we've seen it a few times where called off games, referees have come out and spoken, people just say like, fair enough, you've given your reason. So I think that's something that would be more likely to be seen and, and should be introduced. Okay, I mean that's a that's a fair point. That's something I would like to see. Um, Ryan, one one eight. What about yourself? I just touched on what Lewis said there in relation to down south. <clears throat> you look at yesterday in the Man United Chelsea game, and um, apparently the referee made a comment to Harry Maguire as to why he never gave a penalty. But then it was something that 
Solskjaer as a manager didn't want to touch on because he'd get the referee in trouble or he'd get himself in trouble. And I guess if you use uh, the mics in those situations, it just kind of clears all that up and there isn't that sort of um, a fear of getting somebody at the sack or whatever. Um, but, you know, he's came out and said apparently, like, oh, I can't give that penalty. It'll be too controversial. Well, you know, the fact, you know, you should be having that. And I don't think that should be the case. I think that's terrible. I think that the fact that that's the excuse they've given in that sort of situation. But up here, um, it can be far worse at times. So I think, it, it, once again, as Ryan said, it's in theory a fantastic idea. Um, but I just don't see it coming to light anytime soon in Scotland. But it, it would be certainly more than helpful, I think, to explain a lot of what we see. Okay, um, Stephen. Well, my manager's been floating referees after week. He's got the job, so. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I know the argument. The question rather is whether they should be mic'd up. I think with the language used in football, that's um, a no go. Um, what I do think could happen was to stop them being interviewed after the game and explaining their decision. Mm-hmm. With a TV beside them, where, where they can watch it and see what they see, because I think. I think fans are understanding, right? We know that they're human. We know that they make mistakes. Sometimes a wee explanation would help. I, I, even in the, you know, the the nature that is Scottish football, if you know um, a referee makes his decision, uh, say it's in a big old firm game, um, and he makes a decision, comes out why he's explained it. That's still not going to sit right for the majority of the 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 fan base that the incidents happened against. Um, so I think that might be, be part of it. I think it might cause more issues. I think that would be some people's view that it might cause more issues rather than, than solve. But I don't see it from that point of view, but I, I can see other people's view on that. Um, let's let's move on to the St Mirren versus Ross County game. I put down in my notes here, dull game, um, <laughs> because it was, it was very dull, um, apart from the penalty for St Mirren. So let's just quickly touch on what, what you thought of the game yourselves um, and whether or not it was a penalty. So let's start with you, Ryan, 118. Um, I, I think that, yeah, you can look at it, the point of view, it was, it was pretty dull. It was probably for, for two teams that have been you know, surprising of lately with big results. Um, you'd think there'd be probably a lot more, but there was a fair share of chances in the game. I think John Hughes will be really disappointed at the amount of chances that Ross County wasted. Um, and, you know, they could have really, you know, this one of those ones again that last week John Hughes came out and said after the Celtic game, it was annoying that, you know, his team can go and beat Celtic and yet they're struggling against teams like, you know, the likes of Samirin. Um, so he'll be disappointed they've went and lost that game. The penalty is a completely different conversation than it's all I'd imagine. But I mean, I at Ross County will be gutted. Um, there was really good chances for them. Hit the bar a couple of times as well. The game, I think both teams actually had the wood. But um, I it was it was um, it was entertaining its own sort of way. Um, Lewis, yeah, you know, definitely there was some great saves as well. I think I'm looking Laidlaw, like two goalkeepers who were on form in the day and. When it got sort of later in the game, you thought it's just going to be one of these sort of nil-nils, and then obviously the the penalty came about, which I thought was extremely harsh on Ross County. At the time, it was the first time seeing it. I mean, obviously referees only get one chance to see it. You do look at it and go, "Has it?" And it takes maybe a few replays. So, in a way, I do understand referees' decisions like because we we always get to see about five six replays, whereas they they have to see it instantly in a linesman and stuff. So, but I did think it was a bit harsh, and Ross County won't be happy. Um, Stephen. 
Four four, on the bounce, right, four on the bounce, there you go. Uh, I went so, four on the bounce, but they were kind of hopeless, weren't they? Like, knocked it, and then, you know, the games weren't they? I can't remember what the exact score lines were, and my games were quite, yeah. But no, it's still crap. 2-0, 2-1, 2-0, 2-0, so. Uh, it, it's still, still fair play, Steve. I'm not taking away from Motherwell there, as I said. You made them look uh, very poor. Um, Lewis. Yeah, no, definitely. I thought it was an impressive display from them, you know. Going to Easter Road, even no matter what form Hibs are on, is a tough place to go, you know, and get the three points, I think. You've seen with the first goal, the interchange between the front three all and involved. A former heart striker setting up the goal as well for the Hearts low knee. So that'll be an annoying one for the Hibs fans. And obviously Cole with a good finish for the second as well. So Alexander will be delighted, I'm sure. Um Ryan McGinley. Yeah, um, I want to talk about the pass as well. Yeah, Ryan kind of stole my thunder. We're going to be doing that this episode. <laughs> um, if you, if you were if someone was to tell you there was going to be a great through ball at Easter Road, you'd have thought it would have been Scott Allen and not Tony Watt. So I think more people should be talking about how good a through ball that was outside his foot. Uh, you're only saying you're only saying that because you got a shirt with Scott Allen on the back. Yeah, <laughs> I cannot. I can neither confirm nor deny that I have that. Um, <laughs> I it was it was a great finish. But Jordan Roberts it was a really good impact in his second appearance for uh, Motherwell um, and then he got the assist for Devante Cole yeah, I thought the front three all worked really well they all put in a shift but um, there was some great goalkeeping from Kelly for a, for a clean sheet as well for Motherwell I thought Hibs should have scored in the second half they had some amount of chances but um, it was another great result for Motherwell yeah. um, I think I think Alexander steered them to safety now with that because they're eight points clear Thank you, Ryan. So, they've got nothing to worry about. Am I just the only one staying on the bandwagon that they could go down? I no, you're just trying to me, mate. That's all right. <laughs> um, no, but no, but seriously, Stefan, I think there's two things that I want to take for that game. First of all, it's good, good to see Liam Kelly with another good performance. I think he should definitely be a shout at the Scotland squad. I'm not saying that he mm-hmm. once would be a first-choice goalkeeper, but he should definitely be in the squad for me. Um, and it's good to see that Chris Cadden still can't close the ball. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I, I would put Liam Kelly in the, the Scotland team ahead of Scott Bain. Um, oh, whether or not... Scott Bain would even make the Scotland team is that in itself. Um, right, okay. Jordan Roberts made he's made an impact. Stephen, what's lyrical about him? Go for it. Well, see, to be honest, see when we signed him, I'm like, what are we doing? Signing a player on loan for Hearts that can't even get a game at Hearts. But since since he's come in against the Moon, he was lively on eight in the score. And then that at the weekend, it's just it's what we've been missing all season. We've been playing a front three, and we've been playing the likes of Chris Long and Tony Watt as as wide men in the front three. They're natural strikers. They need to be in the middle. So it's good to have, as I say, a natural winger in the front three, and it's made a difference. Hopefully, we can get Stephen Wallace some game time and back in because I think. Um, if we could get two winners on that front three, then be brilliant. I know that might be harsh on Watt and Cole, they were brilliant at the weekend, but no, we've certainly got a wee bit of a headache in terms of selection as well. Because you look at the boy Tyler McGlory that is on loan from Blackburn, did well to pronounce that there, didn't I? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he's come in and he's done brilliant the last couple of games as well. And you look at it and you go, how do we put Declan Gallagher back into that team? Two queen sheets. How do you change her? Do you change it back four after that? 
I, I mean, I, I, I said I wasn't going to get involved in giving opinions because I, we overbooked this episode, but um, <laughs> Declan Gallagher is, has to be in that central defence for Motherwell, in my opinion. The guy, he, he's just an absolutely class player. Um, so I, he, he has to be in there. I know, I know you don't want to change your back four, but I, I think you, your defence is built around him, to be honest, um, and, and it should be. Um, I was going. I, I think we've covered how big a win it is for for Alexander's men. Um, what's gone wrong with Hibs? Um, they seem to to get a run of wins going, then they then they drop it, then they get a run of wins going, and then they drop it. It's like mm-hmm. they they do so much, but then let it all go. But it's just enough to make sure they stay in third place. So, so how do we sum that up, um, Lewis? A very strange one to because they have actually the last four games. Obviously, one four in a bounce and. Ever since Dan McGregor's came in, they've seemed to improve at the back a wee bit, but it's just a strange situation. I think they'll be fine in terms of finishing third because well, Aberdeen are a bit hopeless at times and even more hopeless than Hibs. And they should, they'll have that sort of European place secured, it looks like, but it's just a very strange situation. They'll look back and it'll probably be a successful season in terms of the league position, but they've had some disappointing results, you know? Hmm. I, I, I kind of disagree with that. Um, Ryan, one minute. I feel like it's something that's just ingrained in the Hibs culture or something. They've been like that for years. Um, I, I honestly can't tell you the last time that I watched the Hibs team that didn't do that, that didn't go out and, and just be so inconsistent year in, year out. It's just, I don't know what it is. Uh, I know we have this this joke and this phrase of the Hibs in it and all that, but it just, it, it seems to be life as a hips fan you must just expect it it's just honestly I don't get it Every, I was like this see when they started the season right and I remember sitting down with David and talking about this I was like this is the season Hibs don't do that like of course they're not going to go and finish first or second I'm not saying they're going to be that good but I'm like this is the year that they'll finally show that they'll go to consistency Jack Ross will get that and they'll rally around him and they'll be playing really well for the full season and um, no, they've no, um, they've been very hot or cold. I, I don't get it, um, and I don't think it's something that will ever be fixed at this rate. Can we just say that your predictions are very much similar to Hugh Keevans? What you say is going to happen <laughs> is the exact opposite. Well, that comparison. I want that comparison. That's what Ryan's just saying there. <laughs> see, every time I get a comment on a video like you are the next Hugh Keevans, it, it, it honestly it makes me. I think it makes me smile eternally. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ryan McGinley, what about yourself? Um, I think it's just systematic of a of a team that's that's doing what they should they should be doing. Really, I mean, they they won four games on the bounce. Um, I don't think they'll have panic stations because Aberdeen lost as well. I mean, they're still sitting pretty in third place. I think they are a third place team. I think they're doing what's sort of expected of them. Um, so I don't think there'll be too much. Um, worry or that at all? I, I think they're just a they're just one of those mid table teams that's doing well this season. I, d- I don't think they could be second. Although Celtic had a, a crisis point in multiple points this season, <laughs> um, I, I think they're doing all right. I think third place would be good for Hibs. Hibs would be happy with that. Uh, and Stephen, um, I just think it comes with the territory that they're in. I think when they start doing well, the expectations are risen. But I think within Scottish football, see if you take the whole fun about it, it's a lottery who's going to win games. Any game, honestly, it's anybody's game. And you could even drag Celtic into that this season. I know, I was going to say. You leave us out of this. Come on, you've slagged my team enough, mate. <laughs> no, I'm dumb, I'm dumb. But uh, 
No, I think it, to me, you might think this is a bit of a harsh point, but it shows how, to me, how poor Scottish football is out with the old firm, the fact that somebody's not been able to get close to Celtic this season. I think it definitely has been this season. That's a, that's a good point. Celtic have been abysmal. Well, come on, Celtic and their, their, their soft trait of being abysmal. It, it kind of reminds me in Motherwell last season. I thought the second part was coming towards the end of the season before the pandemic hit. We were really poor, and I was shocked as to why we were in third. I just think Hibs are the best of a bad bunch at the minute. Well, they're the best of the rest, I suppose you could say. Um, right, I just want to touch on this point um, because I found it really interesting when um, you know my friend retweeted it, um, and it was Graham Alexander's um, post-match comments, and he didn't mm-hmm. get drawn into the the red card. Um, for the benefit of the listeners, this is exactly what happened. Does um, your own red card at the end of the game, does that tarnish it in any way for you? What a great result it was today, wasn't it? It was, my it, boys. I it was fantastic. It, it was a fantastic result, brilliant Graham. Result. Can you say anything at all about your red card? They were brilliant, weren't they, the players? Yes. The, the way they went I, about I'm the agreeing game, with you. I'm so proud of my team. I'm today. absolutely agreeing with you. my club, and I thought they were fantastic. But I have to ask you about your red card. Will, will we answer the question, or can you yeah, answer My players it? were brilliant, weren't yeah, they? they? were. They, yes. And that's all I want to talk about, is how good my players were today, and how good they competed for their club. And we made Motherwell, and everyone connected with Motherwell proud today. Can I take it from your answer, then, that you're not willing to discuss the red card? We were card? fantastic today, You we? were, absolutely, that's and I agree with you. OK, brilliant. You you guys have heard what um, Graham Alexander had to say there. How good is that? Because from my point of view, I, I like to see that. I don't like, you know, it, it was a great result for Motherwell, but the, the sort of reporters trying to drag Graham Alexander into why he got sent off and what he thought of the red card. And Graham Alexander, as you heard, just wasn't having any of it. He wasn't being drawn into it. What did you guys think of that? Stephen, we'll start with you, yeah. your manager. Oh, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I, I, think when you, I think I've watched it about 10 times, to be honest. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, particularly when Brian McLaughlin, I think it was, he's managed to, to provoke a reaction that most managers this season. Um, but Alexander's just giving him none of it. I mean, in terms of him getting sent to the stand, it was, to me it was a bit amusing because we're 2 now up, it was late on in the game. But I suppose, on the other hand, it's great to see that passion for the manager because if that transfers to the players on the pitch, we'll not have a problem. Um, but no, I'm, I, I, I had a wee laugh. It was really great response. Uh, Lewis, what did you think? Yeah, I don't think this is the first time he's been sent off. And even he's, I think he's had a few yellow cards as well. So he <laughs> he's he sending off in four games. <laughs> he won't like he won't like referees here as many don't. But nah, it wasn't just BBC. I think he also like sort of the other media. I think he done the exact same thing. You know, they asked him for the red card. He said my team are brilliant. I thought it was superb. You hear a lot of cliche answers and stuff, but he just came out and simply didn't answer and just was want to load up his team and say how good they were, which is fair enough. Uh, Ryan, one minute. Um, it's yeah, I, I could probably agree. I actually quite liked it. I quite enjoyed it. Um, I thought he went with a really nice approach to it. Um, and it, it's something. Do you know what? 
I like I like a bit of character around the game. Um, and I feel like he brings that. And we're talking about. I didn't even realise that's two of the last four games he's been sent off. Stephen, you must be fearful of getting the the next Neil Lennon in charge there. I mean, back <laughs> no, in the day, no, he, no. Was, he was he was no, sent no. away sometimes. But um, no, hey, Alexander's getting results. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but no, the thing is, we you know, as a touch on character, I don't care if it comes away from the logic and all that. I feel like the game has lacked character and the managers in the last few years. So I'm all up for it. I've seen this then interviews the press conferences and such I think it's great um, but I he, he's spot on I think, I think he's done a good job the way he handled it there uh, Ryan McGinley I'm going to take a different view um, no. I look at it in two ways you see as a fan I absolutely love that um, I love the passion that's shown by Alexander um, but as a, as a student journalist that would really irk me if he didn't answer the question <laughs> Um and I get that the question was trying to deflect away from his team, but I thought it was a valid question at the end of the day. Um, I thought he could have just said, he could have just elaborated really, but I mean, I mean, each to their own. I, I liked it as a fan, but I could see why that would annoy like journalists, if you get what I mean. Aye, but what but? <laughs> Simply put, what but? <laughs> see, the answer now, Ryan. The answer now. <laughs> <laughs> um, just just quickly touching on student journalists. Um, I, I don't. I mean, we're all student journalists here. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen this tweet that was going on Twitter oh, from a God. from a journalist. I just want to quickly t- touch on that. I know it's not Scottish football related, but I think it's it's relevant that we that we mm-hmm. touch on it just for a second. Um, how how annoying and frustrating is that point of view that comes from someone who is actually. A journalist when they, they say words like um students are playing <laughs> being journalists how much does that annoy you and how arrogant is it um start with you Lewis yeah this season I've sort of been lucky enough to get to games and stuff so I've put pictures online a few times but last year I've not really bothered and I didn't on Saturday as well well sort of feel like doing it just in spite of the guy that tweeted it but I think it, it must be said I don't think that's the view of a majority of journalists because whenever I've been in sort of places I think that's not been the attitude you know of anyone saying anything like about your age and stuff, but age just shouldn't matter when it comes to this. And it's it's about getting out and getting experience. And a lot of the times when student journalists out, they don't get paid for this, so they're just trying they're just trying to get that experience. And it's just very poor for somebody. I don't I don't have a clue who he is, but I'm assuming he's got a bit of experience. It's just very poor for him. Um, Ryan McGinley. Yeah, that's those sort of comments I know you really. Um, student journalists are just trying to cut the cut their teeth in the, the business and trying to get work experience. So the fact that people are trying to shut them down is quite annoying. And they play a vital role because they they really are the future. I mean, <laughs> we are the future, I suppose, because I'm a student journalist as well. But um, no, that, that, sort of, that sort of comment from the older generation just annoys you, really. Um, Ryan, one minute. Uh, clown, utter clown. Uh, that's all I really have to say. Um, like it's just daft. Just, I, I really don't have much else to add that hasn't been said. I just love the word clown, and it suits him perfectly. Uh, uh, um, Stephen, absolutely farcical. See, as like an older journalist, should he not be supporting the younger generation? To me, he sounds like a guy that's uh, worried about his end job. Mm-hmm. Honestly. It, it, it come across as a sort of green-eyed monster. Oh, look at these younger guys getting to the games, and I can't even get to the game. Well, you know, it, it comes across jealous and clearly uh, in fear of his own position. Um, I mean, they always, they always, ninety-nine, sorry, nine, ninety-nine percent right. of the population want to get to games. 
Exactly. Like, but we're also understanding that journalists are providing a service. Like they always tell you, you know, you know, fine well when you're getting into it. It's got to be competitive, you know. It's it's, that's the nature of it, you know. It's it's kind of sink or swim. Um, so he's clearly he's clearly a bit um paranoid at the situation he finds himself in because if he's going out there to attack students, he must he must not have much better to do. He must not be doing much right, no such. Right, okay. Let let's move on from that. I just thought it was it was good to sort of talk about it to get every like your guys's um opinion on it. Um, let's move on to our second to final match which was the Celtic versus Aberdeen game um, what was your thoughts on Kennedy's first game in charge Lewis I didn't get to see the whole game which well I was, I was expecting it to be Neil Lennon so I was like oh, I'll just I'll get a game booked in to go and work out but then I heard it was John Kennedy I was a bit gutted because I wanted to see how his side was but no nah, I think it was good to see sort of, especially first half it seemed as though he had more of a plan you know it was a lot more, I'd say, Brendan Rodgers-esque than Neil Lennon in a way. Maybe a mix between both. He sort of learned off a few coaches, you know. Seemed to be getting some some good uh, stuff out of the fullbacks, which has been missing for a wee while now. And it's so important when you play a diamond like that. But no, nah, it was. I don't think you can expect too much in terms of three days on the train. I think that's what some people were expecting. And you're not going to get that straight away. And I look forward to sort of seeing if you can get more done in a week, you know, and for next week at Dundee United. Yeah. Um, Ryan McGinley, we were talking about um, looking forward to the, the game because it is, it's sort of the dawning of a new era. Well, what did you think on his, his first game in charge? Um, I thought the first 20 minutes were great. Um, five minutes of that I couldn't get on to because of the past the paradise service, <laughs> which has been an utter sham. Um, I would have been. I was actually had a better stream on his goal. Not that I'm promoting his goal, his goal or anything. But I was watching uh, McLean on Red TV commentating the game, so I had a better stream there for the first five minutes. But we eventually got it working. I thought the first 20, 25 minutes we were passing the ball really nice. Christie wasn't taking shots from forty yards out, which was a nice change. Um, a deflected goal from Edward, but it's. It, Second half onwards, it just became a, a Celtic performance of old, really. Um, it was almost a carbon copy of the game 10, 11 days ago. Um, we were sort of hanging on at the end. We had to rely on Christopher Ayer to get us out of hole in terms of his defending. Uh, we looked knackered after 65, 70 minutes, which is an ongoing problem that needs to be, that needs to be uh, sorted in the coming weeks. I don't know how, but it needs to get sorted somehow. Um, but I... We'll take the one, three points, but we expect to be a bit better. Hopefully, with a, a week's training, they'll be a wee bit better against uh, Dundee United next week. Uh, Stephen, what about yourself? Uh, I thought the first half, it was really, really good. Um, for what I've seen in the highlights, anyway. Um, but my gripe with Celtic this season, and Ryan will tell you, Ryan, I've not shut up about it. Aye. He'll tell you. Is the fact that he's having to be playing David Humble in his right position, doing my head in. It's absolutely doing my head in. Um, but no, I, I mean, to expect Kennedy to come in in three days and have what a great performance, uh, having coached the team in something completely different, is it's not going to happen, is it? But I think um, just for you, it's about having a solid, solid end to the season. But uh, I don't think he'll get the job because I think Celtic fans will want a statement made. And finally, round one more night, what about yourself? Well, we, 
First of all, we drew the comparison um, a bit earlier on with Hugh Keevans stuff. Uh, I'd just like to quickly touch the point that he made on, on Tuesday night when the news broke that Lennon was gone. You know, he said there, was, there comes a point when common sense, logic and the reason has to shape the future. I thought that was very nicely put by Mr. Shinsuke Shug. Um, and, and look, listen, going into the game, I didn't expect that. That was in what, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, going into the game, I think it would have been quite naive to expect this revolutionary 90-minute performance um, that, that was the, the dawn of a new era with a new era comes a new appointment and I mean a full-time appointment not John Kennedy so I, I think that you've just got to take the positives that first off we've made the change of well, we've made the decision to, to or whoever I don't know if it's, it's apparent resignation isn't that so but I'm, I think we've got to take that as the main positive that Lennon is gone and then just now hope to win games uh, and we've done that at the weekend first 45 was brilliant you can definitely see that there has been some changes in the instructions um, which is which is very good um, and second half yes we slowed down you've seen that uh, Lennon quotation mark fatigue once more um, and we need to drill that out of the team but I, I mean with seven games left now to the end of the season it's just about getting to the, the end of the line and, and then try to win every game on the way there How sad does it make you feel when I say that you've only got seven more opportunities to see Odson Edward play for Celtic That is heartbreaking I've seen that on Twitter um, and I just about broke down and cried I've never even considered it um, I'm hoping that if we say enough Hail Marys between now and May that we might actually get to see him stay in Celtic next season but we'll wait and see um, right okay uh, can Celtic stop Rangers winning the league at Celtic Park uh, Ryan McGinley they can, but but they'll need they'll need to be a lot better than they were um, on Saturday. It'll be a difficult game. Um, I think you've got to take into account that Rangers will be off the back of a European game as well, so they might be knackered and we might have more of a chance. But um, at this point, we're just clutching at straws, really. I mean, we've got to defend home court. We can't let them win the league at our home ground like three years after we beat them five nothing at Celtic Park to win the league. Um, Aye, we can't we can't let it happen. We've got to do everything in our power to stop it. But I don't know. It's, it's easier said than done, I guess. Uh, Ryan, one minute. Um, I, I was speaking to a Rangers fan last night, and they were saying that they're not as confident as maybe some other Rangers fans are, and then coming to Celtic Park win the league, and the the kind of analogy that they used is a kind of Celtic are a, a wounded animal and won't go down without a fight sort of thing they'll try their best oil at time so you're hoping um, that maybe Celtic turn round on uh, Derby Day and, and, and come out with a performance that stops Rangers from winning the title there but I think that's overly ambitious to me I've been under the impression um, that Celtic will lose the title at Celtic Park for the past few weeks now the past couple of weeks um, and I don't have much faith of it changing uh, now I think that Ryan brings up a great point about the European football perhaps maybe helping us out in a sense but I'm I'm fully accepting at this point that Rangers are probably far too good for us and it could it could as well happen uh, Lewis I mean I think I, see, I think there's a chance they could win it next week weekend if they win their next two games against Livingston on Wednesday night and St Martin on Saturday and then Celtic obviously lose to Dundee United uh, next Sunday I mean I don't know how I don't know if that's going to happen, but there's a chance he could win it before Parkhead, you know. So, but you just don't know what to expect when it comes to Celtic this season, you know. In a way, they've been dreadful, but would it surprise you at all if they were to just turn up suddenly and, as you say, a wounded animal and, and beat them? I don't know, but it just all depends, I suppose, whether it's over by next week or 
or how it's how it goes uh, these results, you know. Yeah, um, Stephen. For me, from a neutral perspective, Rangers have been imperious this season. I think that they're going to go this season unbeaten. Yeah, I don't see anybody. Oh, don't say that. I, I, <laughs> honestly, Ryan, I don't see anybody being able to stop them. Mate. You've said it yourself. It's well known. That what Celtic, I don't like is they're completely writing off the chances of Celtic winning this title. Where is that conversation? <laughs> <laughs> I think that conversation was finished in November, mate. But um, no, anyway, uh, we, we know we know that uh, Celtic are going to fatigue second half, so. <laughs> Um, I just I expect Rangers to I Rangers will just play for the point to be honest and I think it'll be a draw okay um, I'm just trying to make sure I got you all in there on that topic um, what's next for Aberdeen uh, Lewis it feels this year, it's not been like when you look at the league position you would say it's not been dreadful you know fourth I would probably rather be up in third position but fourth it's probably like they'll get well they will get Europe as well so it's not been a total failure. I do think it is time though that Declan Kenneth moves on as much as you know they have been getting some wins and stuff on the board. And it just feels like they need sort of freshened up and a new guy to come in and, and change things a bit. Okay. Um I think we and you and I can't remember who it was. I think it may have been Ryan uh, McGinley or may have been someone else, but we, we spoke about McInnes and the possibility of him leaving Putard during the summer. Um, Ryan McGinley, what, what about yourself? What, what did you think? To that? Yeah, I think Aberdeen have got to get rid of McInnes, to be honest. I think it's became totally stale under him. Um, one trophy under him isn't really an achievement when St. Johnson have two in that time. Um, I mean, there's a certain Northern Irish manager that's not got a job just now. I wonder if you would... <laughs> oh, dear God. Oh, God. The Granite City. Bring the thunder back to Aberdeen. <laughs> Aye, the thunder. Maybe we're going to be thunder in Aberdeen. I don't know. But, um, I mean, they've got, they're making a good squad. They've got a good midfield in Ferguson and McCrory um, and McGeoch as well, although he's on the bench a lot of the time. But that was one of the weirdest substitutions ever um, on Saturday that they brought him on with like one minute to go. I was like, what is he going to do in one minute? <laughs> he can't do a mazy run like he did against St Martin like 10 years ago <laughs> that time. So... I I think I think they've got to look for somebody different. Maybe they'll find someone in the sort of Atlanta setup. I know they've got a wee special relationship with those two teams. Or maybe maybe they might take a chance on John Kennedy. Maybe make it uh, Gordon Stratton back. <laughs> as long as they can get him Mark off McGee. TV, I'll be quite happy. <laughs> um, Stephen, what about yourself? Um, Somebody said the word Mark McGee there, and I just about <laughs> left, left, left the chat. No, but no. Uh, I think I agree with the, I agree with the boys. I think it's went stale under McInnes. Um, you look at the you look at the amount of cup finals that Aberdeen have been in. For St Johnston, they have won more than them. Uh, Aberdeen are just bottle jobs in the big games, aren't they? That, that's what it seems to be to me. And uh, yep, I do think we need to change. Do I think Neil Lennon is the answer? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, I think that Neil Lennon was a failure of Hibs, to be honest. And the fact that uh, I, th- I, think you'll find, I think it's a bit harsh. I, I think, think you'll thing. find Neil Lennon. Uh, well, I think you'll find he's the most successful it, manager in the past, um, you know, <laughs> year or two of this league. He might not have been a failure of Hibs. That maybe is a bit harsh, but I think. Celtic definitely would take cheap options in the first place, but anyway, no. Okay. I think Gordon Stratton would be a good shout um, for that for that job. Whether they would take it or not, it doesn't matter. But no, I think that would be a good appointment for them. I said I mentioned, mentioned it to you last week, Steph. I think Jim Goodwin would be the man. Uh, Jim Goodwin's a big, uh, a good, really good shout. That's a good shout. Uh. I am. Um... 
I said I wasn't going to get involved, um, but to to say Gordon Strachan could be a good shout for Aberdeen, no, not for me. Um, he's been out of management for so long, um, and his comment the other day, um, you know, he was he was he was raging that um, his Maya Sorrow and Odson Edward were, were were smiling coming off the park. He said, you know, he was raging at it and said that it's not right. So no, I, I don't think he's a right man to have in, in modern day football. If I'm if I'm being honest with you, it's, it's all right, boys. I'm used to Stefan disagreeing with me. We had a show on the radio where we're disagreeing with each other every week. <laughs> we could we could see him in at Dundee soon, I suppose. Aye, we could. I suppose he's, he's got that that position. Was he a director or, or something? Aye, I think Mike he's in trouble. Aye, that was a point I made. I mean, he's the the sort of director that. Um... <laughs> at Dundee yet he's sitting on Celtic TV when Dundee are playing at the same time it's a wee bit of a conflict of interest I don't know if it's me because his son's we're probably picking a decent wage up on Celtic TV to be honest we're getting a wee payment fee you know somebody needs to bring the laptop to the games maybe that's Goblin's go that's who he's on the earpiece he's the internet security walking off on a dodgy web snakes and that Kim, Kim Jong Lawwell will be paying him well, that's for sure. <laughs> um, right, okay. Um, let, let's move on from from that. Um, actually, did I get your opinion on that? What's next for Aberdeen, Ryan? Ah, uh, Cal, look, it's pretty simple. I think everybody's hitting the other McInnes has to go. Um, the one point I did want to make, though, I think um, it's spot on about the whole, you know, St. George's have won two trophies, Aberdeen won one sort of thing, but Aberdeen have been consistently making European football and cup final appearances as well. I think that McInnes has been very successful there. Um, the fact that he's been at European football every single year, pretty much, um, is a, a really big achievement. He's kept that consistent. And he was very unlucky against the sides he came up against in cup finals. I mean, look at the Celtic teams he came up against, man. It was, it was a hard, a hard task to beat them, but um, I know it definitely needs to change. Okay, um, let's move on to the sort of maybe most important game of the weekend was the Bet Fred Cup final between St Johnston and Livingston. Um, a big day for for both teams going into it. On paper, looked a very even tie. Um, you know, before the match, you would look at it and say David Martindale's team. You know, they were on a great, great run of form. They maybe hit a, a dodgy part just before before the cup final but you, you would expect them to, to play their part um, but it, it didn't really happen as St Johnston ran out 1-0 winners um, thanks to, to a header from Sean Rooney um, has, has the steam ran out of Martindale's side um, Lewis we're on here every week waxing lyrical about the guy in, in this team but are they starting to maybe just hit that that form where it's, it's not looking good yeah, the thing I've mentioned every time, I think it's about, it's about how they bounce back. You know, I'm, I'm interested to see how they bounce back and if they do get a win, what happens? Do they go on another run or whatnot? But it, it has went a bit stale in recent weeks, you know, coming into this cup final, well, I'd say a few weeks back when they were winning games. It was probably up until the St. Johnson game, which they, they got beat. You were thinking, nobody's stopping Livingston, you know. They're, they're going to go and win this cup final, but obviously the last few results have been a bit disappointing. I think in yesterday's game... They tried to play to St. Johnson too much, not themselves, you know, putting Bartley out and sort of the left-hand side to try and stop uh, Sean Rooney. Like, I think it was a bit poor in that sense. They should have just tried to play their own game rather than playing St. Johnson's, you know. So they'll be disappointed getting all the way to Hamden, especially after the last few months has been has been so good. But I think it's all about how they bounce back now. Uh, Ryan, one minute. Um, well... If we're talking about the game itself, well, what a poor game. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was quite boring to watch. I wasn't that entertained watching it. 
Um, but St. Johnson, you know, they took their chance when they had it um, and then they seen out the game. So, aye, it's, uh, you know, a big, big, big result for them, big trophy, a big accomplishment for Callum Davidson, his side. I think Livingston won't look into it too much. It's now about picking themselves up as Lewis touched on and, and getting over the line um, to the end of the season in, in a positive manner. I think one thing that about the game itself that kind of frustrated me while watching was the fact that it didn't look as though Livingston were too bothered about chasing the cup. Um, you go to the last 10 minutes or such, a run now down a cup final and it just seemed like it was, they were out of gas, there was no urgency. They didn't really want it, you know. It was like a part of the game, I think the 90th minute, McCrory has the ball for a goal kick and, Stand there and he's taking his time, man. I'm like, get it up the park. It's a cup final. If it was Celtic, I was watching there, I'd be screaming. Um, but you know what? It's it was an entertaining day, I suppose, for, for the people around the league who don't support the, the big sides. Um, but fair play to St. Johnson. Sorry, I was drinking water there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, thought, I thought it was actually bad. I'll let it cut off as they are. No, I was waiting a bit drinking water and I was, um, I could hear you come to the end. I'm trying to get it. <laughs> Unprofessionalism. Um, right, okay. Ryan McGinley, what about yourself? Um, I was I was working, so I didn't catch the game live, but in terms of eight minutes of highlights, I was struggling to watch that. <laughs> it was such a <laughs> poor quality game. I think it was one of those games that it needed the fans to make it a true spectacle. The fact that the fans weren't there cheering on their team made it a bit of a damp squib. Uh, Sean Rooney popping up with a trademark header. Um, he's making a habit, habit of it now in big games. I know he scored yeah. against his boyhood heroes. Celtic. Hey, let's calm Livy. down now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Livy didn't really turn up. Into, it was more about them trying to stop St Johnson than the other way around. But St Johnson deserved the win. Has the steam run out of uh, Martindale's side? Um, it's difficult to say when when the Celtic job's available. Maybe he's put one one eye towards that. And I'm only <laughs> kidding. Um, I would say the honeymoon period um, regarding Martindale's over now. I think you'll see now if he's if he's a flash in the pan or if. Or if he has the real deal with how he deals with the the dip in fortunes in terms of results, but. Um, I, I still think he's got plenty of time. I don't think he'll be what, too worried because they're safe. They're, they're in a good position in the league. Um, obviously, last game was a one-off, so he'll be disappointed with us. But um, I, I think I think he'll be all right. Uh, Stephen, uh, in terms of has uh, Martindale ran out of steam, I think what's happened is they've just plateaued, and this is just sort of. It'll just balance itself out now. I think you set such high standards at the start and to, to ask him to maintain them would have been ludicrous mm. for a team like Livingston, to be honest with you. But uh, in terms of the game, the most boring cup final I have ever watched. <laughs> and I've seen Motherwell get absolutely done in a few, but that, that was worse to watch for me. Uh, it was it was terrible. You, you, you look at the players falling in their knees at the end of the game, gutted. For me, Livingston, towards the end of the game, they didn't get enough bodies in the box. They weren't winning enough second balls. Your chance to win the cup final was in the game. There's no point in falling your knees now. I remember Xander Clark having, what, one save to make in the first half. And apart from that, there was absolutely nothing from Livingston. So, no, pretty poor for them in a the cup final, if you ask me. Okay. Um, how good a job is Callum Davidson doing in Perth, uh, Ryan one one eight? Oh, it's, it's unbelievable the job he's done this season. I think, considering everybody had the same opinion of it would be hard to build off what Tommy Wright had done beforehand. Look, I'll be the first step. I was very sceptical of Caleb Davidson. I remember sitting down with David 
and and talking with him right at the start of the season, and he was a big backer in Davidson. He he said he would succeed. He really liked the prospect of him managing up in Perth. Uh, and I was the other side of things. I was like, I think it's kind of a, a poison chalice to marriage. Um, you know, the fact that you're following up someone who's really established them as a, 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 a kind of constant premiership side, a constant, you know, they were decent as well. They weren't exactly relegation fodder every year or what. So I wasn't a big believer. David was, and we had that kind of debate for the first few weeks of the season, and they started off quite poorly. Um, and I remember I thought, oh, here we go, I'm, I'm writing this, and here we are once again. Hugh Evans, it's went the opposite. The guy's, guy's got a cup, and um, fair play to him. Uh, he's done a really good job. And, and they're doing it while actually being decently entertaining to watch at the same time. He's developed some players there too. He's continued on the development of the likes of Ali McCann as well. So uh, he's done a great job. I, I take it David isn't a big fan of St Johnston after the whole football manager thing. No, no, he's, 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 he gets a feared watching them now, man. <laughs> you should see him, it's like a, it's a shell shock. <laughs> I'd get that in. Poor David, if he's listening. Um, Lewis, what about yourself? How good a job is, is Callum Davidson done? No, definitely, he's done a brilliant job. I thought, obviously, at the start of the season, it, it didn't get off to the rest of the starts, but they stuck by him, which was obviously the right decision. And you probably, you probably should give managers a time to cut when they come in to get their points across. And you see now they benefit from it. You know, I think it must be said that St Johnson over the last few years have been such a well-run club. You know, that obviously they've won this trophy, they've won the, the Scottish Cup a few years ago, and even before that they were finishing in European places consistently in the top six. So they they've been an example for a lot of clubs of how how things should be done. You know, and some good players have developed. You know, the likes of Ali McCann, as Ryan mentioned, and even Jason Kerr and stuff. So I get when these teams have success, there'll be interest for players in the summer, you know, and he's just done a, a good job. And let's see how it goes from here, you know. Who knows? He might get a bigger job. Maybe if he keeps going, Aberdeen will be interested in him as well. So who knows? Stephen? I think it's one of the jobs of the season for me. As Ryan uh, said, to come in, replacing such an experienced manager and Tommy Wright, the rebuilding job that he had to do this season, um, in particular. And I think that um, St Johnstone were one of the, maybe not favourites to go down, but a lot of people had it, in, I certainly had it in the back of my mind that, that, that they could maybe have um, dropped this season, but absolutely none of it. Uh, I think they've been good to watch. Um, and I think that to win to win a cup in your first season as manager with very little experience is some doing. And it'll be interesting to see where they go for here. Uh, Ryan McGinley. Yeah, I think he's done a great job after a, a tough start to the season. He's now equaled uh, Tommy Wright's trophy hall in one season. So he's done a great job. He's still got a wee bit of work to do in the league, but they're quite a steady side. They, they get wins on the board quite frequently. So I don't think they're in any immediate danger. Um, always it was always going to be difficult trying to replace Tommy Wright with the size of shoes that it takes to be in his in his position. But I think he's done a great job, Callum Davidson. I think he's he's done really well. He steadied the ship um and they're in no danger. Well I just want to say a massive thank you to every single person that's tuned in to hear myself, Lewis, Ryan one one eight, Ryan McGinley and Stephen Reeside recap all the weekend's action across the Scottish Premiership and the Betfred Cup. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, then head on over to Spotify or iTunes, wherever you get your podcast fix, and be sure to click the follow button for us. Um, If you are an iTunes user, then please head on over there, click 
um, subscribe and uh, please if you can leave us a review because it really does help um, and you know if you want to see something on the podcast and just let me know you want to hear something different um, or you want us to do like a, di- a different thing then just let us know because your feedback helps me to help the podcast grow so I would really appreciate it and as always if you haven't already followed us on Twitter it's at Stefano Talks and you can keep up to date with all the latest information over there including who our guests are that is it from us we will see you again next Monday from 4pm on Spotify iTunes and Google Podcast Mm -hmm.